Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another new car special. Today, we're diving into quite a surprise. And I know I say that occasionally, but like a few other times, this really is a surprise. Weissman is back with a new car called the Project Thunderball. What a great name. And it's a 300,000 euro electric roadster with 671 horsepower. German sports car maker Weissman, known for its retro-styled BMW-powered roadsters, revealed its first fully electric model called Project Thunderball. The battery-powered... I like how they called it battery-powered on the article. They missed the Y. The battery-powered roadster, which marks Weissman's return to the automotive landscape after many years, retains the rear-wheel drive two-seater roadster nature of its predecessors, coming with 800-volt battery technology and a $300,000 equal to around 318,000... Sorry, 300,000 euro equal to $318,000 at current exchange rates price tag. Weissman describes Project Thunderball as the world's first all-electric convertible roadster. Even though this title should be reversed for the original Tesla Roadster, which was unveiled back in 2008. Yeah. Yeah, big time. In any case, the model retains the signature Weissman design traits with a body made entirely of carbon fiber. I don't remember what the prior Weissman model is, but if you've seen a Weissman, this pretty much looks like that. Same... I think same proportions, similar Weissman design with an updated front end and a, sl- a slightly different rear end from prior models. But yeah, it looks, it honestly just looks like a Weissman made in 2020, made now, frankly. Updated rear end, whatever. Really cool. Honestly, I love it. Love the way that it looks. Weissman describes Project Thunderbolt. Oh, wait. Okay, skip. The brand's trademark grille sits on the long one-piece clamshell bonnet, while round headlights are mounted on the muscular fenders. The profile is typical of a roadster, leading to a sexy tail with an integrated spoiler. Weissman doesn't say much about the car's chassis, but the electric powertrain was developed in collaboration with Roading Automobile. Two rear-mid-mounted electric motors produce a combined 671 horsepower, 500 kilowatts, or 680 PS, and 1,100 newton meters, or 811 pound-feet of torque. Thus, despite tipping the scales at a little more than 1,700 kilograms, or 3,747 pounds, the, weight to, the power-to-weight ratio is 2.5 kilograms per PS. Power is sent to the rear wheels, with Weissman targeting a 0 to 100 kilometer per hour, or 0 to 62 mile per hour acceleration time of 2.9 seconds. Or in other words, that is currently C8 Corvette Stingray territory. 6.2 liter LT, LT1 territory. The 800 volt battery has a capacity of 92 kilowatt hours or 800, or sorry, 83 kilowatt hours gross, allowing an estimated range of 500 miles or or 500 kilometers or 311 miles. Besides the 22 kilowatt onboard charger, the electric Weissman comes with up to 300, comes with up to 300 kilowatt DC fast charging capability. The company didn't reveal charging times, but said that the battery comes with an AC and water glycol, glycol, I think, cooling system. Charging can also occur on the go from the new Weissman Intelligent Regenerative Braking System, with five different levels adjusted by a set of paddles behind the steering wheel. Inside, there are seven analog gauges on the dashboard following the signature design element from previous Weissman models. In the electric era, they are combined with a digital instrument cluster and an infotainment touchscreen mounted lower on the center console. The cabin has plenty of leather upholstery and carbon fiber accents for an exotic look. Other features include the slim bucket seats, the soft-closed glove box, and the leather straps on the doors. Global sales, but limited to 1,000 units. 
The Project Thunderball will be produced in the Gecko factory in Dunmen, Germany. Hopefully I got that right. With global availability. With, with global availability. That's sick. Weissman said it plans to keep production at 1,000 units. If you're interested, you can contact the company directly for details. Mind you, the company is also working on an ICE-powered roadster codenamed Project Gecko, which has been delayed, pri prioritizing the EV. That's a bit of a shame, but I'm I'm even more excited for the ICE version. That if it looks anything like this, is gonna it's gonna be sick. Speaking of looks, though, with the hard stats out of the way, what do I think of this new Weissman Project Thunderball? Well, instead of looking like a more modern Weissman, because I actually just looked up looked up a few on Google, this looks more like a Weissman M. What is it? MF4 GT MF4, one from probably mid 2010s, I would say, roughly Top Gear era one. When uh, Richard Hammond drove that Weissman back to back with a TVR back in the early 2000s, it looks like a modern version of that car, which is not a bad thing. I love the way this looks. Once again, but it's funny to me how it looks like it actually looks a little bit more like an older Weissman, which is really cool. And I think I prefer that because I, having seen the MF5 and then the MF4, I think I prefer the way the MF4 looks just a little bit. And this is a slightly altered, shall we say, version of that. So I, I really like the way it looks for the. So on the exterior, I'm going to say, honestly, I'm going to give it like a 7.8. This is a really attractive looking little roadster. I love the way it looks. Uh, definitely from the front, at the very least, I would give it a 7.8. Love the way it looks. If I can find a profile shot here. There we go. Profile shot here. I'm going to give it, I think I'm going to give it an 8. It's got that classic long hood, short rear proportions that I, I'm a sucker for. I'm a complete sucker for. And has some of the... Some of the Weissman body lines, I would say, from the MF4, even the MF5. But slightly, I would say slightly updated. It's just slightly modified to fit the Thunderball, to fit the modern era. If we go to the rear, definitely MF, MF5 looking rear. Definitely more modern Weissman. Not that I hate it or anything. Looks great, once again. It's just that this, the rear is probably where the Thunderball is the least different from other Weissmans. If I can... Let me see if I can find a different interior shot. Not interior shot, rear shot here. There we go. Yeah, this is where it's most similar to other Weissmans. But again, modernized in a very tasteful way. Uh, I think I'm going to give it 7.7, I think. I think 7.7. .7. Looks pretty good. Uh, I, don't, I don't hate the Weissman rear. In fact, clearly for 7.7, .7, I quite like it. There's, I think top down, I'm not quite so sure on it and then even from a profile shot i'm not quite so sure but it is what it is if we look at the interior this is a gorgeous bespoke looking interior modern steering wheel but a circular airbag cover so makes the wheel look a little bit more at a little bit easier to maneuver than it would otherwise flat bottom steering wheel yeah i quite like it it's almost, it's almost like a ooh i want to say i want to say like a short like a post-war roadster but just post-war like a mg MGTC, which I think is pre-war, but regardless. It's got that very old school, just a, an extremely old school looking interior. You have all the all these analog gauges, the revs. I'm not sure what that would be for an electric car and then the speed up. It's all it's all in the center. A very Cunningham C2, C2R looking interior. If you've ever seen a Cunningham C2 interior, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Very, I'd say, function first, but it's got a nice carbon fiber. Nice carbon fiber dash piece that wraps around in some leather. Again, very, just very old school, very function-minded, very a very functional-looking interior with form, an important but 
I think, clear second. Beautiful card. Yeah, I'm going to give it like an 8.3, I think. I love the way this looks. I would lose my mind if I saw one of these on the road. Super, super cool. One more comment about the interior, though. I find it funny because there is a digital info, uh, a digital gauge cluster in the interior here. Let me find it. Yeah, you have a digital one, so you don't really need the analog gauges. Like, I'm glad they have the analog gauges, even if it's just, even if it's just for the sake of it, for the luxury of it, even. But between the digital infotainment screen and the digital gauge cluster, there can't be any information that's on the analog, the analog gauges that can't be found on the digital ones. Part of me is just like, it, it's a little redundant. It's just a little unnecessary, especially, and you know, you would say, you might say, oh, well, when the car turns off, you'll still have the analog gauges. It's like, yeah, but they're going to be useless because you're going to be out of a charge. You're not going to need them. <laughs> like, the car won't be driving, so it won't be, it won't be helpful. I suppose it's to keep that old school feel, that old school feel and look. And again, with the placement being all in the center of the dash, it definitely has that. I just, the, I don't know, I guess the German side of me is like, why? Huh? You don't need it. You don't need any of that. It's not necessary. You already have the digital gauges. But then the Italian side of me is like, yeah, but the, the style, the, the showmanship, like you still need that. Like why there would there'd be so much less style in the interior if there wasn't analog gauges, especially with the way they designed them and the bezels and all that. It's the function side of my brain versus the style side of my brain just having an absolute fit right now. Like I love it, but I also can't see the point of it at all <laughs> when you have two gauges that can control pretty much everything in the car and give you all the information you could want in the car. In any case, though, like I said, I think I'm going to give it, in, give this car an 8.4 and 8.5. Love, love, love the way that it looks. The only thing that would make it better, an ICE powertrain, which we'll be getting soon, it sounds like. So in any case, I hope you all enjoyed this new car special. If you did, please make sure to like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Please make sure you hit the little notification bell, and then all notifications that we're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, hey, not a problem. Boot up wherever you get your podcast. Type in Cody's Car Conundrum and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.